Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Coming up, a conversation with former Redskin Junior Gallette, as well as a talk with NFL longtime insider John Clayton. He's going to discuss the perception in the NFL of Redskins owner Dan Snyder and team president Bruce Allen. Also, at the end, I'm going to wrap up the Redskins offseason with a few thoughts from Ashburn. But first, my conversation with Junior Gallette. So now I'm going to bring on Junior Gallette, former Redskins pass rusher, has had a did some really good things in the NFL, and now is still waiting for another chance. So Junior, first of all, let's why don't you let people know what have you been doing lately since we've last seen you? Well, I mean, obviously during the season I was training my ass off to you know try to find my way back on a you know on a roster because I had two offers last year at the end of the season at the end of the 2017 season from the Redskins and the Oakland Raiders. The Redskins, as you know, withdrew my offer that they offered me a two-year deal worth four million dollars. Um, they withdrew that offer after I, you know, went on Snapchat and said that I, I wouldn't play for any right. any any sl- any slave wages. I'm um, tired of playing for deals, you know. Basically, in reference to saying that I saw Trent Murphy get three years up to $30 million <laughs> after being out for a whole year and coming off a torn ACL. And, you know, Drew Rosenhaus and I just thought we was going to hit, you know, big bank. And, uh, you know, he convinced me and uh, everyone else. Basically, I was convinced, you know, it's just what it is. Um, I overcame two Achilles and came back and performed at a high rate. So I was rated with the third highest grade on the team and not a lot of plays. So, you know, I thought I was going to get a fair shot. But obviously I've just been working my ass off, man, still, and finding other opportunities around football for, I don't know, the last 15 years. It's just primarily been football. And um, I guess towards the last couple of years, though, once I got hurt, I did, you know, start venturing off to start doing other things. Um uh, so, such as, you know, the, the record label, right. you know, my phar- pharmaceutical company I invested in in New Orleans, that went really well. So, um, and now I'm looking into basically, uh, I'm about to be the brand ambassador for FUBU Mobile, which is basically, you know, the FUBU clothing line for us by us, okay. which is, um, they're making a um, basic comeback in the United States. They're basically out of the country and selling merch. You know, they, you know, grossed all over $6 billion and they already have a, a line with, Puma right now, FUBU crossover Puma slash uh, 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 it's FUBU slash Puma and uh, uh, Fenty. So um, I'm venturing off in that. They're starting off basically a telephone, uh, basically telephone company, just um, FUBU Mobile, similar to Metro PCS, but you're going to be able to get five lines for $75 basically. So stuff like that that I'm doing has really been good for me. And uh, I mean, it's not, you know, as lucrative as football, making twelve, fifteen million dollars a year, but not much is I'm doing really well. Well, that that's good to hear because sometimes you know we see you on social media and it looks like the football thing is still obviously it's still a part of you, and so I'm, it's nice to hear that you have something else on the side with the football. Do you still do you still want to come back? Would you still like to play if you had the opportunity? Yeah, of course, man. Football is my passion. Like I said, I've been you know surrounding myself and made football dedicate my entire life to football with uh, you know last 15 20 years 
So it'd be impossible for me to tell you as a human being that right. I don't think about football every day. I don't wake up and try to do a similar routine where I wake up and go work out. <laughs> and right. even, you know, try to go over some old film, you know, three days out of the week. It is what it is. But, uh, you know, I haven't letting that go. That's not happening because I had two offers last year and to go the whole year unsigned. I think there's something going on here. But, um, uh, you know, like I said, it's, it's above my pay grade. Um, I'm trying to do my best to just get back. And I, I know that I can impact a team immediately as a veteran player who knows what not to do and exactly what to do to win. Um, and I know exactly what not to do off the field as well, so I can be a positive role model in the locker room to younger guys. Uh, and as you see that, I'm always encouraging and always um, available to fans. I love the game. I love everything that it brings for me and the passion. Um, it is something I feel like I'm, I'm really in my prime. I feel like, you know, Michael Strahan broke the sack record at 30. I'm, I just turned 31 in March. Um and I don't have a lot of football years on me, per se. You know, I don't have a lot of football because I had those two years off and on top of last right. year. So that's three out of my eight-year career. You know, we saw you a couple years ago in, in the part-time role with the Redskins and some of the pressure you had to put on. If you were able to get back out there, how effective do you think you could be? I think I'd be as effective as I've ever been. I honestly do believe that all my heart. And I feel like if, um, uh, you know, I've been taking a few teams. And if the team brings me in for camp, you know, uh, you know they're gonna get exactly, you know what <laughs> they're gonna get. It's, it's a lottery pick, man. I don't know what to say to you. Like I'm hungry, I'm starving, right. and, and, and I feel like uh, I feel like I'm a top tier pass rusher and a defensive player in this league. And uh, I, I, I'm like I, I, <laughs> I can't. I overcame two Achilles and just to do what I did in the little time that I had with the Redskins and affect the passer at a you know 15.8 percentage rate which was third you know in the entire nfl i feel like that alone should speak for itself and that's the reason why the redskins had offered me a deal um you know had it been had it not been from you know my big mouth saying that i'm not playing for you know a slave deal because i saw trent murphy's deal uh you know i probably you know who knows what would have happened last year with the two defensive tackles and jonathan allen and man ionitis they tore things up i never had any guys like that i never played with guys like that so who knows what could have happened, the damage that I would have done. But I know exactly what I could do, you know. And I speak to Trent Williams all the time, and he tells me, you know, he knows how good I am. And, you know, we always encourage each other. So um, I'm very grateful that, you know, that I, I feel like I still have all the ability in the world and God didn't take a step away from me. I'm going to get to Trent Williams in one minute um, for a, on a couple topics, some of which are timely. But with, with the football side – do you, you know, you said, do you know why, do, do you, have you gotten a feel for teams as to why you're not back in there? Well, we all kind of know why, you know, uh, <laughs> it's, it's one of those things, you know, it's like, uh, uh, you know, these, 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 you know, I feel like the owners and, and these guys look out for each other. It's a buddy system. It just makes no sense because I, you know, had Sean McVay was basically blowing my telephone up last you know, offseason telling me, hey, you know, just going to bring you in the camp. It's going to be great. You're going to go to Super Bowl. We're going to win the Super Bowl. And I get over there. I take my physical, and it's like, hey, this is over my head. I'm sorry. It's just not going to work out. I don't know what to tell you, but um, I'm, I'm just so sorry. You know, just just work, keep working out. It's not going to work out here um, uh, for, for reasons we want to keep inside. 
and that's as much as I can give you. So right. what does that tell you right there? He was literally calling me every day. It just didn't make sense. So this is pretty unfair, man. You know, if a person that loved the game so much to be going through that, but it is what it is. I feel like God is in control and that I'm going to keep being a positive person and try to be the best positive role model I am to my kids and just continue living a wonderful life because, you know, football has been great to me and it's made me a fortune sure. if I can, you know, live a wonderful life. But like I said, I still love the game and I have so much passion for it. It's, been, it's something that I've done for so long that it's impossible to just let go. You know, it's not, you know, I'm human. I'm a human being. So, you know, obviously through the mental side, it affected me a little bit, but I had to get going and get involved with other things and stop thinking about football so much, but I, it's, it's, it's hard. Do you think they're scared of the past, of your past, do you think? I don't think they're scared of the past at all. I feel like, you know, the people at the Redskins know who I am. The people at the Rams know exactly who I am. Um, uh, uh, you know, the Raiders, they know exactly who I am. So there's no past. I feel like I haven't had any running. I haven't had any runners with the law in so right. long, and you know, any I haven't ever got suspended. I got suspended two games in my whole career, you know. So, what pass? You know, there's guys that you know on, on banned substance list that get suspended four games, and and they get a thirty million dollar contract after the season's over, and, you know. So, I, I don't know. I, I don't know, John. You met me. You know what type of person I am. You know, I'm I'm you know very, you know outgoing and 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 just very positive. And, and happy man so i've been through a lot i overcame a lot so i know there's, there's nothing but blessings to come and and you know like sometimes like people see the passion and that sometimes can can people embrace that and sometimes maybe they worry about that do you ever worry that maybe because you brought that up too is the passion in you leads to you to say some of those comments because you feel like you should be getting more you see other guys getting this does right. do you ever wonder? I mean, you, and you brought up, did you? Oh, how much I'm you so regret crazy. some of that stuff? And like, do you feel like you maybe? I don't know about sabotage the right word. If you feel like your own worst enemy in that regard, I'm not my own worst enemy, John. I, I know who my enemies are. Okay. Um, and I know who the oppressor is. And uh, when you say things like I'm not, I'm no longer playing for slaves. I said I, I refuse to play for a slave. Though it's not happening. And that was in reference to just. I never saw the Redskins contract until I fired Drew Rosenhaus. Okay. So that was in reference to just me going into free agency. I'm like, I'm done. I played three years in a row right. on veterans minimum. Two years, which I didn't even play. I tore my Achilles. Understandable. Next year, came back veterans minimum. Okay? Right. Played on that, performed. I feel like I excelled at the role as, as, as good as I could have been at the role that they gave me. Um, with the limited playing time, I was coming in sporadically. Yeah, and that's what people don't understand. You know what it feels like to go in the first quarter and then not see a rep till the third. Right. Yeah, it's not basketball where you can just come off the bench like Robert Horry and hit game winners. It doesn't work like that. You understand? You got to set your man up for pass rushers. I got to set my left back up and kind of get reads and kind of time the cadence. If I'm not out there, how the hell am I going to time the cadence? So for me to do what I did, I'm very proud of myself and know that I can excel with more playing time. That's all it is. You right. Just look at the numbers. More playing time, I'm get, I'm going to give you double-digit sacks. That's a fact. And then um, uh, <laughs> I guarantee you that you're going to get somebody who's hungry as ever been to prove that they are as good as it gets. They are as good as – I am as good as it gets. You understand? I really don't 
I don't believe that there's any players above what I what I could do or bring to the table. Because, uh, other than because besides my playing, it, it is the passion that I bring. I can lead. I was a team captain in the world for a reason. And when I came out, I do the same uh, characteristic that I had as a leader from college. That's what I do. That's just who I am. You understand? So yeah. Um, I have no regrets of what I said because. How I'm speaking to you today is because of what I went through. Right. And it made me stronger and wiser as a man. So, yes, I'm moving forward. Of course not. I won't. Uh, obviously, social media is not the best tool to express yourself, especially nowadays in 2019. Right. It's just not, you know, it's just not, no. Yeah, everyone's watching. and You don't know who's watching. So, um, yeah, obviously, that wouldn't, moving forward, that'd be something that obviously be eliminated. But I have no regrets on saying what I said. Okay. I think, uh, you know, looking at some – Someone that took, basically had the year off, the entire year off, didn't play a snap, and to get you know the deal that he got, you know, three years, thirty million. It's on top of the Preston Smith deal, he just had four sacks and got fifty-four yeah. million dollars. I mean, you tell me, I did that in my sleep. <laughs> I, I, I did that in my sleep. I had four sacks. I know. Ryan Anderson had the offsides and they took it back. I had four. Oh, that's that's right. Do you, could you last thing on this topic? Do you think you'll in your heart that you'll play again? And if you don't, can you accept that? I believe in my heart that I will play again. I do believe deep down in my heart that that is God's plan for me. But I think he, I have to do some things in my life in order for me to see that next level. You understand? I don't know whether if it's this summer going to camp or maybe midseason. But I know for a fact that I will train the best of my ability and I will be ready and I will be prepared for when I do get a call so when he seems to work out. And I will take full advantage of that opportunity. But accepting it or not accepting it is not a matter of fact because it's like I'm telling you that I'm going to play. Gotcha. It, so it's like there's no accepting it. So there you go. Yeah, so you know? yeah, I, I, I completely get that. Now, Trent Williams, you're, you've seen, and we, I'm sure you've seen everything that's going on with him with the Redskins. What is your take on that situation? When you get a guy like Trent Williams, right, this guy is not a guy that comes <laughs> every draft class. I, right. I haven't seen a Trent Williams. He, you know Trent and I came out together you yeah. know what I'm saying, in 2016 draft class. So I know Trent Williams very well. And there hasn't been a guy like Trent Williams that come out since that draft class. You know what I'm You pair up other guys and say he's, uh-oh, you know, it just doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense. You give the guy what he wants in this sense because of what he is to the team, the impact he has been a captain for so long to this team, known as a silverback. He's a role model to the younger guys on the team. Even to a guy like me, you understand, I had some questions. Yeah. I'm like, man, you know, this guy had so much success, made so much money, and has never really been in the spotlight. You understand? Like, like you know, there's a few here and there things, but not like, you know, Junior Gallette spotlight. You see what I'm saying? Right. So how do you stay under the radar and you had so much success? It's, <laughs> it's, 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 he's a role model to a lot of guys in the league and how you should own be and and I feel like, you know, what he's going through is a little unfortunate. Um, his medical issue, I didn't even, I wasn't even aware of that. Okay. You know, I hit him up the other day, and, you know, he's in my prayers as always. And he's, he's as good as it gets. I, I don't. I think Trent Williams could go down as one of the greatest ever, depending on what, you know what I'm saying, what yeah. happens in the next four or five years. Because this quarterback, you have a rookie quarterback. They, they need a left tackle. You, yeah. you can't go into the season with Eric Flowers. It, it just can't happen. I, th- I think I would agree with that, and I think they would as well. And with, with Trent, like, some of these issues clearly stem from a medical side. You had to deal with this medical staff. 
what was your experience like? The experience with the medical staff was different because I'm, I, you know, it was my first time being hurt, you know, so I just basically did whatever they told me. Okay. Um, I see the second time going through the Achilles, I was like, you know what, there's, I'm going to add a few things with me and I might, you know, do some things on my own. So I, I could, you know, see where there's some, you know, uh, disagreements there because, but, you know, the same thing negative about, you know, really the, the Redskins medical staff, I'd be lying because, you know, uh, Larry, it was always great to me. Okay. The guys down there, you know, always, you know, very communicative of, of, of what I was going through. They're honest, you know, like I was like, hey, I told my Achilles, can I come back in three months? You know, it's not happening. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And yeah, and and I'm not, and I'm not to be to be clear, I'm not looking for positive negative, but I I like what to hear what somebody's experience was with it because when you hear yeah, it's, some it's, it's, yeah. Anytime you you're in like just medical, you know, and injury, it it has a negative connotation to an NFL. Oh, this right. guy, you, you hear it all the time. You can't make the club if you're in the tub. You know, and so guys even fear. I have fear for my life about going to have medical staff and because it can get so iffy, you know, right. you guys that medical staff, they want to protect their job. You understand? Yeah. So it's like, are we getting the 100%, you know, 100% accurate information here? We're not sure, you know, so you get the player's version and you get the medical version. You know, who do you want to protect more? It comes down to that as a business, I feel like um, – you know, Troy Williams, you got to give him what he wants, man. He's as good as it gets. He's been a positive role model. He will continue to do that. He's only going to get better. You understand? He's only going to get better the next four or five years as far as what he does off the field. Right. On the field, he already has got taken care of. He's as good as athletes as he gets. He's a freak of nature. So, I don't see anybody in the NFC East, uh, uh, you know, commanding anything from Trent. You know, he's going to lock anybody down. It's funny, it was watching you in that first summer or when you were healthy out on the field, watching you and Trent battle in those one-on-one pass rushes. It was one of my favorite things to watch because I didn't know who was going to win. And usually with Trent, you know who's going to win. So yeah, that, that's why I said it was amazing. When that guy said, you know, you could be trained, be anybody. I made it times to myself, you know, this guy, he definitely took my game. You know, we took each other's iron sharpens iron, you know. So that's the same thing I did with Tyron Armstead when in New Orleans. He's a pro bowler as well, but – Obviously, Trent, I give him a notch over Tehran, but, you know, because I feel Trent's more experienced and he's wiser, and a lot of the, the – he does a little – Yeah. This, this guy, is, he's, he's a beast, man. He's a monster. There's some things he does out there. You're like, what the hell? <laughs> There's a reason he's made seven Pro Bowls. Hey, Junior, listen, I appreciate you joining me. Enjoy catching up with you, and I'm glad to hear that you have some other stuff going on and that you're still trying to get back in the league. So I, I appreciate your time, man. Hey, John, I'm very grateful that you had me on, man. Like I said, you've always been positive and a great person to be around and one of the better reporters that I like, you know, doing uh, interviews with. So thank you for giving me the call and uh, appreciate the opportunity. All right, man. I'll be checking with you throughout the summer. All right. Take care, man. All right, John. God bless. Coming up, a conversation with longtime NFL insider John Clayton. He spoke openly about the perception around the league of Redskins owner Dan Snyder and team president Bruce Allen. It might surprise you a little bit. Welcome back. Here's my conversation with John Clayton on a variety of Redskins topics. And now I'm bringing on a legend in this business, John Clayton. 
Um, guy that I've known for a while and has always been very helpful to me with his knowledge, with his time, which I appreciate. And so I appreciate you joining me. And John, I want to start with Trent Williams. I don't know, you know, this is still an evolving kind of a new story. So I don't know, have you even been able to get much information on this at this point? Well, you can understand the contract uh, issue because right. I mean, you've seen now so many of the you know veteran guys on the offensive line getting contract extensions, and I mean Joe Joe Staley just getting one the other day, Dwayne Brown getting one last year, and so a lot of the older type of guys are coming up with big money. And here's Trent, like you know any player that signs a big long multi-year deal, things get outdated. And I can understand that uh, you know as one of the best tackles in football that he would probably want some kind of a contract extension. As far as the stuff on the medical part, I just have no knowledge. Yeah. I mean, you know the rumblings. I mean, you hear that something with that facial thing that he had with the bump in his head that he wasn't too happy about. But I think the one thing that uh, the Redskins, you, you know, they can't train him. I mean, you can get value for him. There's no question about it. We watched Dwayne Brown have that happen a couple years ago, going from Houston to Seattle. And, you know, teams are in need of left tackles. But the problem is the Redskins definitely need him. And uh, it's an important year. So they really can't trade him. But right now, what can they do to satisfy him? And I think that's where, you know, I think the contract would be the satisfier. I mean, is in your experience, when you hear – you know, it's you know, it's not about money; it's about the medical side. Do you really kind of say, well, it probably is about the money, at least to a degree? Yeah, it's a, yeah. Usually, it's always about the money, and that's understandable because, again, I mean, you can see how salaries keep going up so dramatically each year that uh, I mean, just take a look at uh, you know what was Andrew Luck in the twenty-five million dollar contract. Now you're getting deals at thirty-two and thirty-three, and the way the system is working right now, that uh, with the franchise with the franchise tags going up. You know, more than a million a year, and uh, all the free agents getting pretty much uh, franchise-type numbers, if not better, uh, you know, you get outdated real fast. But then the problem is, if you're a team, you can literally only keep maybe six to maybe seven players making $10-plus million dollars because, uh, you know, you've got to have 60% of your cap pretty much in your top 10 players. And if you push too much too high, that's why I think what you're seeing now in front offices, you know, they're quietly doing this. You know, they'll sign somebody to an extension, but then at some point they have to figure when we can you get out of the deal to be able to try to get the uh, you know the next young guy or the next uh, second time contract signed. And you mentioned Dwayne Brown too, and I think if if I remember right in that situation he had an issue as much with ownership and wish he was going to do it. So do you see like what differences would you see here? Do you think that it's to that point with with Trent? You would hope not, uh, because, again, he's been such a good player for such a long time, and I think that they've treated him with respect through that time. You know, in the case of Dwayne Brown, uh, you know, again, contract-wise, he was not happy, and so he wanted more money, which, again, that's the natural thing, but also he just didn't like some of the things that he had com- heard coming from the mouth. Right. The owner, Bob McNair, uh, thought they were a little bit racial and kind of affected him, and so he, you know, he definitely wanted out, and so he came back played one game against Seattle, and then ironically, after that game was completed, he ends up being traded to Seattle. So, uh, you know, I think it's a completely different thing because, you know, his thing was an injury, his thing was money, but also, too, you know, his relationship and his respect for the ownership. You know, and it's the other thing we've seen this offseason, too, are guys like Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, kind of making a play and getting, you know, for, you know, a contract issue or whatever and being either rewarded, however you want to look at Bell's situation, how much do you think that, you know, when you look around the league, are more guys 
maybe going to try and do this when, and again, I would say in Trent's case, in a couple of years when his contract's up, I don't think he's going to have much leverage because he's going to be 33 years old. So, you know, this mm-hmm. may be his last chance to do that. And you look around the landscape and maybe it forces you to make a move like this. Well, and it's kind of an interesting tug of war league wide because uh, you can see how the league is getting younger. And uh, when was it last year? It went from like about 840 guys with like, with five-plus years experience, six-plus years experience down to about 640, something like that. And the 30-year-old group is, you know, getting wiped out quicker than possible and then if not put in one-year situations. I mean, you know, it's, it's interesting because it's hard now for a player and a team to really get rewarding with a third contract. I mean, quarterbacks yeah. are going to get it. You know, left tackles are probably going to get it. But a lot of the other players, the running backs, the wide receivers, they struggle to get third contracts because, again, they're so expensive. And so I think when you, you put the big equation in there, the, uh, you know, the thought is, is that, uh, you know, how do you try to plan this? Because you know, you, you know how much money's tied up in the quarterback position, particularly with the injury to Alex Smith and the trade for Case Keenum and, you know, drafting uh, Dwayne Haskins and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, but at least from the team standpoint, you know, they're in a position where, you know, if everything works out with Haskins, you know, they can kind of get everything set so that, uh, you know, now they're in a position where they have a young quarterback that's not paid and they can take care of some of the cap issues that uh, might be there for the future. Right, and especially because they, they still have the lingering Alex Smith cap situation, <clears throat> excuse me, until that gets resolved. And the other the other thing with, with Trent is there is that the medical issue side. And, and, you know, when I talk to people here, and you will hear some complaints, but you're going to hear complaints about players about a lot of things. So, you know, as far as medical stuff, because the medical side, their job is to get people on the field. Do you, how much, when you look around the league, how much do you feel like that is an issue um, where players maybe don't, are a little bit, might be frustrated with the medical side of their operation? I think it just depends on the teams. I mean, because I think in most cases, probably in the case of maybe 90%, I mean, I think the players are reasonably satisfied with the medical staff and what's there with the training staff and all that stuff too. But there are going to be some instances where there's going to be some teams that uh, you know may not be equal to some of the better ones. And if that's going to be the case, there's going to be a mistrust because again, you know, every I mean, you you look at it each year is that uh, you know there's there's so many injuries. I mean, you have like I know what was it. I think somebody put out that over the last five years has been more injuries with the Redskins than any other team, I think it and that can become a little bit of out. obviously a big concern. Yeah. But again, when I look at the big picture, you know, it's like I because I chart all the injuries as you know and uh, chart the missed games and all that. I mean, you know, the Redskins don't come out as bad as say the Baltimore Ravens of mm. say before 2018 or the uh, Los Angeles Chargers even back when they were the San Diego Chargers. I mean, those are the two teams that tended to have more guys on injured reserve than anybody else. But uh, like anything, and again, you know, the you know one of the best uh, doctors and the surgeons in the country is there. Uh, you right. know, at each game. So it's like uh, there has to be a little bit of a trust factor there. Switching gears a little bit here, uh, we just saw the big new deal for Carson Wentz. Russell Wilson signed his, you know, earlier, obviously, and then Dak Prescott's up. What do you think this these deals mean for Dak Prescott? Well, it helps, I think, because uh, you know I'm sure that uh, what Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones were hoping for is that he would do something under thirty million dollars. Because, uh, I mean, when you look at it, it's like, okay, so where is Dak in the hierarchy of quarterbacks? I mean, he's one that, uh, you know, has, he's not an elite quarterback, or as Mike Sando has, you know, top uh, tier one, right. tier two quarterback. He's probably in tier three, but on his side, 
unlike uh, Matthew Stafford, who's got $27.5 million a year, and unlike Kirk Cousins, the former Redskins, who's making $28 million a year, Dak has one thing that they don't have is a playoff win. He beat Seattle last right. year, and he's on a he's got a good winning record. I think you can see the difference now that he gets some receivers who can get open because you know until they got the Amari Cooper trade, I mean they were just stale. I mean there was so much of the lack of speed at the receiver position, and you know one of the Dak's problems is he tends to hold on to the ball a little bit too long. But I mean nobody was separating from the cornerbacks, and so that's that's obviously a problem. But I'd have to think that uh, this strongly makes the case. For him to get a little bit more than 30, I don't know if he can get to the 32 that uh, Carson Wentz had because, again, I think, in my opinion, Wentz has more upside and is the better quarterback. But I'd have to think that uh, he's got to come in there 31 to 31 and a half million dollars. John, you have dealt with this organization from a national perspective for a long time, and I had Lewis Riddick on here a couple weeks ago, and he felt like he saw a di- he felt like he saw a difference in Dan Snyder in just maybe his approach or whatever. Have you seen what what's your perspective on this organization from the outside and and Snyder's ownership? It's now 20 years. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I, would, uh, I, I I still kind of see it the same. I think maybe the one thing that. Uh, you know, he's realized is, you know, be a little bit more patient because I think in the early days, I mean, he was always rushing. I still remember catching him in the Marty Schottenheimer year, <laughs> and that was a year where they had a lot of, like, a lot. Their, their cap was so tight yeah. that I, he asked me, it's like, okay, so how good do you think we're going to be? And I said, I think, you know, eight and eight or so. <laughs> he says, no Super Bowl? I said, I mean, you have X number of players that are going to have to play at the minimum salary just because, I mean, the things are so tight against the cap. And you know, they ended up with a slow start in the 8-8 eight and eight season. Marty ended up getting fired at the end of the year. But I think that uh, as time has gone on, you know, he realizes that, uh, you know, it's not easy to be able to get playoff teams as much as he wants to do it. So I think he's gained a little bit more patience. Now, again, I don't know if it's a non-playoff season this year, if that patience is going to hold up. You know, that very well may not. But I think he has, you know, has had more patience. How is he viewed? How is, what's his perception of him around the league from other owners and, and executives? Uh, I think it's it's very similar, even though he's not as outspoken as, say, Jerry Jones is. But I think it's uh, it's one where it's, I think it's very similar to Jerry Jones and you know owners that uh, they care. I mean, in this case, I mean, he wants to win. Right. And he, he wants to put everything he can into trying to win. I mean, that's important to him. Uh, I think the concern that's there right now is that, uh, you know, this, the, some people not showing up at games. That's got to be a big concern. And so now he gets, yeah. he gets some impact. Uh, that has to happen to get the fans to at least you know, start refilling the stadium and that. But I think the perception is is that, one, I mean, he's uh, he's aggressive. He wants to win. I mean, that's what he's all about. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, the playoff wins have not been there. What about Bruce Allen? What's the perception of him around the league? I mean, sharp, a sharp uh, front office guy, guy that's been around for a long period of time. I think there's probably more criticism in D.C. than there is, you know, outside because, I mean, the one thing is that, you know, Bruce has always been able to set up is to be able to, you know, set up a system where you can get deals and, you know, you can either, you know, get the free agents in and have a have a little bit of plan in doing that. But I think, you know, because of the, like anything else in any city where the playoff wins aren't coming in on an annual basis, there's probably a lot of criticism. And I know from the media standpoint, I think locally, you know, his availability sometimes makes it uh, a little hard for the, the, the D.C. media to be able to, uh, you know, feel good about things but I, I think I mean I think there's there is a definite respect factor and I think you can see it particularly uh, at the owners meetings because you know it's like uh, it's like the Redskins and Bruce and Bill Belichick and 
maybe you know a couple other uh, teams you know they're the ones that put in a lot of the forethought as far as you know trying suggestions on rule changes to adjust the game you know because uh, you know Bruce has been pretty much out there I mean he'll have four or five proposals every year right so what's held this franchise back you think I think the biggest thing has just been uh, you know the the quarterback position, you know, again, and I mean, again, Kirk Cousins did a really good job. The RG3 trade, I mean, did not work out, you know, getting him. And so, but they were fortunate enough to have Kirk Cousins coming in and, you know, being able to put up 4,000 yard seasons. You know, that's been, that's been one issue. But, it, you know, the fact the times that they've made the playoffs, they haven't got the playoff win. That's, I think, been the one big element that's been there. But, I mean, you look overall, I mean, it's had, uh, you know, Good, pretty decent offenses. I think you know sometimes the lack of the running game has hurt. There's no question about that. You know, it seems like there's kind of a constant movement at the wide receiver position. I mean, because you know it's like year to year, you know somebody's being added, somebody's being subtracted. So maybe a little bit more of the continuity things, and then like anything else, you know, injuries. You know, it's like you know having a Jordan Reed, you know, hurt as often as he is, that takes away some things. And then you know it's just a matter of you know sometimes not being able to pull out the close games. John, I appreciate you joining me. Always love talking to you and, and, and getting your insight and knowledge. Thank you very much. Hey, thanks, John. Coming up, I'm going to give you my thoughts from Ashburn as the Redskins offseason comes to a close. Okay, before I get to your questions, I'm going to give you some of my impressions on what I've seen from Dwayne Haskins over the last couple weeks. But you see the big arm, and there are times he makes throws that nobody else here can make. He can stick a pass against a cover two look in which the safety's rotating to the sideline and the corner is sinking. Not a throw that most quarterbacks would try and make. You're going to, you, ideally, you dump it off in front of the cornerback, but Haskins, this happened last week. He sees this play, drops it over the corner, gets it barely over the fingertips, not an ideal decision, but a perfect throw. His placement on some of those throws are terrific. This one, again, was just over the fingertips. There was another one in that same drive where he throws to Terry McLaurin in the corner of the end zone. Corner draped all over him, puts in a spot where only McClure can get it. Very nice throw. Other times you see the hesitation, and that's where the rookie, the rookie aspect comes in, which is exactly what he is, and you know it's going to take him some time, and that's okay. And there are times where, you, because of that, he doesn't look as comfortable in the offense just yet. And I talked to, talked with him about this and with Jay Gruden, and Gruden's comment was that when Haskins makes some throws, he said, there's no one else you'd rather have. They're that pretty. He said other times, he's abnormally off. Now, I wrote about this, or I'm writing about this for, on Thursday morning for ESPN.com, and the, the quotes are pretty good. I mean, he's, Gruden was very high on him, but he also knows that he has a ways to go. And he said, Gruden said they need him to make some quicker reads so he can get his feet turned around properly. So in other words, the, the quicker you can make your reads, the more time you have to get your feet turned and make an accurate throw. And that's been something that I've noticed in practice where he'll try and throw all arm without turning his feet, and he sometimes gets himself in trouble because of it. College, not as much. NFL, he knows it's different. Trust me on that. I like that Haskins is preparing to get better. His goal isn't just to open the season as a starter. It's to make himself into a very good quarterback. He is driven in a different way. And I think if everybody in that building takes the same approach with him, I think the kid can be really good. 
Okay, now on to your questions. Mark Freeman wants to know about Trent Williams, as many of you do. What are the contingency plans, and is it really about medical or just about money? Well, first, Mark, the contingency plan is they expect him to show up. I don't get a sense that they're willing to, that they feel like they need to make any sort of move with him at this point. Um, so I think that's, that's, that's it right there. Is it, is it medical or just money? Well, I do believe that he has an issue with the medical staff and, and the diagnosis of the growth on his head, whether for as far as how long it took it to be made. Um, and so I think that is real. I think, I think the medical concerns are real. Um, I've heard things from other players um, about things, guys who have left here. Um, but what I also think is that if they make, if they're able to extend him, give him a good deal to extend him a little bit, um, then I think, I think you can make this go away just by doing that um, because at least it gives him the, some security and um, the feeling that he's kind of sacrificed for this franchise the last couple of years, playing through some things he probably shouldn't have, and it may have shortened his career. So at least they're taking care of him in that regard because the way it stands now, when he's done, it's going to be hard for him to get a, the sort of deal he wants um, because of what he's probably put himself through the last few years. So, um, but I do believe that I do believe that he does have a problem with the medical staff, and you know it does it does seem to me when the more people I talk to, the more it seems like the sides kind of have a different view as to what happened or the severity. But what I know is in Williams's mind, it seems like based on the people I've talked to, that he definitely has a problem with it. The question will be how much will it take for that problem to go away? And then when it does go away, will he be able to trust his medical staff? I don't know the answer to those questions, but I do think that um, I think it is about medical, but I do think the money can help the situation. So, all right, let's go on to Redskins Draft Pro wants to know what options are they considering at tackle? Well, they have Eric Flowers and Jerron Christian, and they're going to continue to look at guys on the waiver wire. They've already been doing that. They put in some claims, haven't gotten guys, but I think that's going to be a position where they're going to keep looking for guys to be a backup because don't know when Trent Williams is going to be healthy again if and when he comes back. You know, they, Jay Gruden said he wouldn't have practiced this spring. I don't know when he's going to be able to practice this summer. So you need to have other options. As far as Flowers, they want him to play guard. They want they signed him to play, compete at left guard. And this this most of the spring, he was playing left tackle. He needs to get time at left guard. He was not a good left tackle in this league. He did not look great at that position um, throughout the spring. You still saw some of the technique breakdowns or you know bending at the waist, those kind of things. Um, you know, it's funny because I did talk to one ex-player who said he was shocked that the Redskins didn't draft somebody um, in the draft who, who could compete for that tackle job just because of the situation with Trent. But that aside, let's go to Jerron Christian. So he missed all of the spring workouts because he had, was coming off the MCL injury. Um, they do expect him to be fine for training camp. That's been the target all along. But he was a guy who was raw last year who missed the entire offseason. He needs to add strength, and I think if he can do that, then I think he's got a better shot to help. I don't know where he'll be because we just haven't seen him. We didn't, we didn't see a lot of him last year. There was some improvement throughout the year before he got hurt, but I don't know that it's enough, and you can't, I can't sit here and tell you that he's going to be great because I have no idea. I think I have, I have def some definite concerns about the depth at that position right now. 
Um, but let's see how they look in training camp. Let's see if he adds his strength, and let's see what difference it makes before you start to panic or anything like that. All right, Colby West, Cam Sims thoughts. Very basic, Colby, thank you. All right, I like Cam Sims. You saw what you see in practice at times is, is a guy who still seems to be learning the routes that he needs to run. There were some times it looked like there was some, sometimes some, you know, um, breakdown or confusion as to what he should be doing or which route he should be running. It led to maybe an errant throw or whatever. But then you also see the wide, the big target he gives um, quarterbacks, the wide catch radius. You know, you see, I think, some big playability. And I think he's a guy that I'm really anxious to see in training camp because what we saw last year was certainly enough to whet the appetite, and then he got hurt. Where is he at now? I think he's got a chance to make some big plays for this team. I don't know that it'll be a high-volume catch guy, but I think he can certainly make some big plays. Um, another Sims to watch, Steven Sims, undrafted free agent. The two undrafted free agents I was told to watch were Steven Sims and linebacker B.J. Blunt. Let's see how they play out this summer. I don't know what they're going to do. I've been told to watch guys before, and they don't, and they end up getting cut. But going into camp, those are the two UDFAs that you can pay attention to. Brad Franklin wants to know, do you think the Skins are trying to purposely not resign any of Scott McLuhan's higher profile draft picks to prove a point? And he lists Smith, Crowder, Sheriff, etc. No, I don't think that's the case. Now, it wouldn't shock me if in some guys that maybe they would do that, but with Sheriff, for example, they started talking to him in January this year about an extension. They want to keep him. They know they're much better with him than without him. So, no, that doesn't apply there. With Preston Smith, um, they never talk contract with him. That's the part that surprised me. But I don't blame them for not paying him the kind of money he got. I don't think I, would have, I wouldn't have done that either. Um, I like Preston Smith. There are things that I think he got better at. But I just don't know that the play warranted that sort of deal from them. And I think the other thing is I always knew that they looked at this draft as a good one for that position. And I like what I've seen from Montez Sweat. So I think they could end up to be in a better spot with Sweat, provided that that health situation is what they feel it is. In other words, that there is no heart condition. So, But I think with Montez Sweat, you could have something pretty good there. I think really good there. So I don't think it was a case of because it was McLuhan's draft pick, they didn't want him. I just don't know that his play warranted the, the, the automatic deal that, that um, from them. As with, far as Crowder, I think that's a tough one. I think that's a really tough one. They do have Trey Quinn at the slot. I think there's some excitement about Quinn here, but he hasn't done it. He only played three games last year. So I think you don't know what he's going to do. He's a different player than Crowder. Gives him a little bit more physical, um, for just more physical, a little bit bigger, but we don't know. And as far with Crowder, what they liked is his quickness, really quick off the line. We, you know, he's a good player, but they did also make him an offer. It just wasn't good enough. But I don't. I think if it was a McLuhan thing, they wouldn't have even negotiated with him. But they did, and they, I know the coaches wanted him back. Um, so I, I don't view it that way. Um, they weren't going to go to a nine million a year, but they, I believe the offer was eight from them. So. You know, um, so I don't view it that way. Um, maybe there's some other guys that maybe it was that like that with, but I don't think in these cases that that's the situation. All right, so that's it for your questions. I want to leave you with this one grilling tip. I like to give you this. It's a grilling season for me. Grilling season is all year, but I know for some people it's the summertime. So if you like brisket, make the brisket. Make it on a Saturday. Then on Sunday you got some leftover. What do you do? Okay, here's a recipe. So I, I 
first of all, it involves smoked cheddar cheese. So get yourself a block of cheddar cheese, smoke it on the smoker 90 degrees for about two hours, infuse it with some good smoke, put it in the fridge for a week or two. Then when you get the brisket, you're going to take a, a, a brioche slider roll, put the meat on there, melt that smoked cheddar on the meat, and then you get an aioli sauce with some mayonnaise, some rosemary, and some lemon juice, and then some garlic. You mix that together, you put it on top of that, and folks, you are good to go, and I'll say it right now, you're welcome. All right, guys, that's all I got for you this week. I appreciate John Clayton and Junior Glett joining me, and I love the fact that you guys are giving me some questions and that you're listening, because I'm well aware of, without you guys, there is no podcast. Thank you.